a little non-traditional episode here, but a really fun one. I love hearing other people's stories about different periods in their lives or unique situations, so I thought I'd share one of mine. This episode is all about the three years I spent going to the Playboy Mansion. The small weekend pool parties and the big parties, it was a lot of what you might expect, but also a lot of what you probably would never guess. I've had some of the most fun I've ever had, and I also learned a lot at a young age. Being around so many different types of people and ages of people and getting to know Hef a little bit was so interesting. I started going there when I was 20 years old, and it was the time when Hef had six girlfriends. It was like the height of Playboy, and the parties were the most epic parties in all ways. So many stories to tell and very interesting life lessons learned that sort of shaped how I saw things in my early 20s. It's story time on the podcast today. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. This is a juicy podcast. This is an interesting podcast, a little bit controversial maybe. I had the most incredible experience at the Playboy Mansion, and I feel like I have a really good perspective of the entire thing, the culture, Hef, who he was, the whole thing. The very interesting thing about this podcast is I recorded this episode yesterday. And if you podcast, the very worst thing that could ever happen is the recording goes wrong. And that's exactly what happened. So I recorded this full podcast, gave it all my energy and all my stories. And then when I went to finalize it, only 12 minutes was there. So I was like, you've got to be kidding me. All right, I don't have it in me to record again today. So I'm going to just do it again tomorrow. But in that time, I saw one of my girlfriends post who is a playmate, who was a playmate, um, that the documentary had come out, which I had heard that there was a documentary coming out about Hef and the Playboy Mansion. Um, but she posted about it and how disappointed she was in the documentary and how the girls portrayed Hef. So it was so interesting to me that when I recorded this podcast the first time yesterday, I didn't know that this documentary had come out. And now when I'm re-recording it today, I do know about the documentary. So it works out even better because I have, I really, if you listen to this podcast a lot, you know that I really think it's not worth spending your bandwidth or your energy on things that don't matter or things that you can't change, or things that don't affect you personally. Like I tell my kids all the time, don't, you know, this doesn't affect you. You got to let it go. Don't worry about the little things. But for me, this is one of those things that I think is worth clearing the record on. And I feel like I have a really good perspective. Now, I went to the Playboy Mansion from the age of 20 to 23. So I went for three solid years, and I went all the time. So, of course, there were people that were there longer than me or before or after. Everyone has different opinions. I'm just sharing my perspective and what it was like, what it was really like going up there, what what you do, what other people do, what you see, what you don't see. Like I said in the intro, a lot of it's what you may think, but I think the majority of it is really going to surprise you. 
So first, the first question, how we got into the Playboy Mansion. That's one of the first things people always ask. So I was in college in the sorority. A group of us decided we were going to go on a Saturday up to LA and we did college at San Diego State up to LA and get one of those cheesy maps and do a star map tour. We'd drive around and, you know, park outside of celebrities' houses, which I think most of them aren't even updated. So you don't even know if you're really outside of George Clooney's house or not. So we pull up to the Playboy Mansion and we're like, well, let's just ring the gate. Like what's the worst that could happen? The head of security, Mark, came down, who I ended up becoming great friends with. He came down and, you know, we're like, can we see inside? He's like, no, but you can email to be on the guest list. And we're like, what? Is that really how it works? He said, yep. Email about yourself, where you live, um, and include a photo and say you'd like to come up to the mansion. So there was a group of maybe five of us. I can't remember if the other girls ended up emailing in, but um, two, me and one other girl, Sarah, ended up getting in and going up to the parties and things. And it was just kind of the craziest thing. It's like one of those things where we were like, well, I, I don't even know what it really entails, but it has to be cool. So we did it. And then we got an email back and we're like, yes, you're in. When would you like to come next? Here are the things we have coming up. So I was 20 years old and I was always very sheltered and also very conservative, not in a judgmental way of other people. I was just, just very, very conservative, conservative with boyfriends. Like that's just how I was and how I still am. I would dress, you know, kind of fun and party and, you know, sometimes short stuff or tight stuff. Um, But really at my core, I'm just super conservative and just kind of, that's just kind of how I am. So I, when I moved to San Diego, I was homesick. I was, you know, pretty sheltered and very close to my family. So this was like another big step. Like, okay, so now I'm going to school in San Diego and then I'm driving past home, past Orange County to go up to LA, but like, what a cool experience. Let's give it a shot. I had never really drank before. Um, it was like my first real experience being around adults because I was 20. I wasn't, you know, able to go to bars or clubs yet. So, and also I was so grateful. So here I am 20 and I would go up to the mansion and everything is free. Like it's free food and drinks and we'll get into all the cool perks. But so that's how we got in. We literally just rang the doorbell and then we took a chance and it worked and then we got on the guest list. So when you're on the guest list, there's two different types of guest lists. There were the big parties and then there were the weekend gatherings, which was usually a pool party. So first the parties. So this time, during during this time of when I was going up there, this is when Playboy, the Playboy Mansion and the parties was at its height. This is when Hef had six girlfriends and it was such a fun group. Everyone was happy. It was like, it was like this family, like their own version of a family. The things at the parties, things that you might think, the grotto, was pretty much exactly what you thought. But it wasn't sleazy. Like if you saw, you know, people having a romantic moment, that was just, it was like love and embraced and it was just cool. It was for sure the CNB scene place. Like there were actors of all ages and, you know, young, cute girls is really what it was. And Hef's old dude friends, like the best. There were no photos allowed. So if you got caught taking a photo, 
they would take your phone or take your camera and keep it like in the coat closet till the end of the party. Because that was part of the whole culture is these are celebrities. It's not like people would go up and be like, ah, can I take a picture with you? There was none of that. It was just like, everyone's just chill. And they were huge parties. That was the crazy thing is the entire Playboy Mansion, with the exception of the upstairs, was completely free to go everywhere. The backyard, Hef's Zoo, all through the backyard, like all the grounds, the game house, the tennis courts, inside you could walk through his personal movie room, through the kitchen, like it was all completely open and there was food everywhere. The most incredible catering and spreads and desserts and there were bars all over. At the parties, I'm telling you, it wasn't like there was two bars. There were like huge long bars doing like gorgeous craft cocktails all over the place. And it was fun. So it was like, you know, all the usual suspects. It was Bill Maher at every party. Paris Hilton and her crew and um, Snoop Dogg always smoking weed. Mario Lopez. I mean, literally at that it, at this point, it was just like these were the parties. And it was so cool to be able to go. But the crazy thing is you couldn't bring people, um, especially to these parties. The guest list was really kind of tight. So there were some times when I would – I mean, I made friends very quickly there. I met one really great friend, Lori, that we – and I would have never met her. She lived up in LA. She was a couple years older than me, and we developed a great friendship. So then we would go together. But before, I think I went to the first party completely by myself because I was like, listen, this is such a cool experience. I have to see what it's like. Um, you, they really would close the guest list. So I couldn't just have another friend that the head of security, Mark really kind of helped us out by giving his, his, uh, the private email for the girl and saying, Hey, like, these are really nice girls. I think they'd be a good addition. And that was the very interesting thing about the guest list is, you know, if you were up there and you really did something out of line, you would, de- you would definitely get banned because again, they were just really trying to create a culture of fun. And you there were some very few rules, but you really kind of had to stick to the rules. Um, but they weren't very open. Like, it's not like I could just, you know, give the email to a bunch of my cute friends and they email in. It was just kind of more closed and exclusive than that. So I met friends up there and really good friends that that we would like love to do our costumes. And that was the best part. Oh, there's a Midsummer Night's Dream party, which is incredible, like vines everywhere. And people have, everyone went all out on clothes, guys and girls, their, the outfits and the costumes. Sometimes it would be lingerie based, but other times people would wear like cool masks. And it was like, no, it was just every event was the coolest. Halloween, New Year's, Midsummer Night's Dreams were the party that were every year. Sometimes there would be a Valentine's party, a 4th of July party. That was usually a daytime party, like more of a daytime party than these huge epic um, nighttime parties. But just to kind of give you a visual, so there would be like a massive dance floor kind of on the main grounds of his house. And then there would be all all tented in. And then if you would go off to one area. You'd go to the zoo and see the monkeys. If you go kind of to the back area, there's a huge game room. There's also a gym and a spa. And so off of all these different parts of the house, there were some rooms where you would walk into the room and it would be just a mattress. Like the whole room is a mattress. And those would be kind of the moments that you would expect at Playboy. There would be like a little bowl of condoms in different bathrooms. And again, 
it, especially being a conservative person, it was just, there were never people like, you know, like, I don't know. It just, if people wanted a private moment, it was there. And it was just all about love and freedom of expression with your sexuality. And for me, it was really kind of like a grow up moment. Like, you know, this is cool. And Hef was so groundbreaking in changing, in changing it. And I know there's lots of opinions about the magazine and, uh, you know, objectifying women's bodies, but from, and we'll get into my opinion of the documentary, but from my perspective, being there and seeing the actual culture of the people high up at Playboy and Hef and the Playboy Mansion, it was really about putting women on a pedestal and making them feel empowered and also comfortable. Like, you know, some girls would um, like get the body painting so they would be completely nude. And so those would usually be the girls that were like serving jello shots all around the party. He always had the painted girls painted to the themes. So it, it looks like they have clothes on, but they're completely nude and being painted. So sometimes my girlfriends and I would go early and we'd go down to the gym and see how crazy cool it is to see the girls like hand painted and airbrushed because it was like beautiful. And those girls were like free, like freedom girls. Like they loved it. For me, I could never be naked and painted and walk around like no amount of money no like it just isn't in me but I loved that other people can do it and that's one of the lessons learned is it just made me really try to embrace like good for her not for me and not in a judgy way at all it's okay if someone else is cool with something that I wouldn't be cool with but I in no way judge them for that we're just different humans and I also really just kind of like embraced Embrace the idea that, you know, women can be put on a pedestal by men and it doesn't have to be, it can be like in a celebratory way. And that's how I always perceived everything. And I'm telling you, I went to Playboy hundreds of times over those three years because, okay, so that's, that's the, the, um, the, the epic parties. The other thing, which was cooler, was the Sunday pool party. So when I say I went hundreds of times, I would go most Sundays and then to all the big, so maybe like a hundred times, but I would go to most Sundays, I would go to the pool party. And then sometimes they would have other random family or like um, family style meal nights or different random nights aside from the Sundays. So the Sunday pool parties were just the coolest thing and honestly, the most generous thing. So you could go anytime you wanted. Normally, girls would show up around 10 or 11. There was a personal trainer there, a massage therapist there, sometimes an esthetician. You would just go up and sometimes people would be out like starting to go by the pool. Sometimes Hef would be out with his friends playing um, like chess or checkers or like kind of little board games. And we would go down, we would go down, work out in the gym with like the, the hottest LA trainer at the time, which was like for me, hello, I was 20, 21. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. So we would work out and then we would get a massage. You would just sign up that morning for your times. And then they had full private showers, like gorgeous rock showers and lots of them, like lots of like, it kind of would be like, think about just like a downstairs bathroom, but a downstairs bathroom with a full like vanity to get ready and then a full shower. So you would just go in your own kind of rock shower for a full hour or however long you wanted do full shower, get completely fully dressed, and then go out for the pool. Or you didn't have to, but most of us would, would after a gym and a massage. And then it was drinks and food and pool. 
Some girls would play volleyball. And again, it was for those, it was more so like kind of Hef's friends and then lots of young girls. But we were all friends or kind of little kind of groups of friends. You'd know some people more than others. And it was just, it was just cool. And it was the kind of the same thing with the parties. Well, the photos, people just, well, this, that long ago, people didn't have, weren't having their phones out as much as they are now, right? So we just didn't have our phones out all the time. So there weren't as many photos taken, but it was kind of the same thing. Everyone was comfortable because no one is secretly snapping photos. Like did not happen. Just kind of like the understood like respect. And also you knew if you were caught taking a sneaky photo, that's it. Like they would you know, kind of kick you out that day. Everyone was super nice, but that's why it was so cool. Some girls were topless. Some girls were by the pool nude because you know, there's no sneaky photos. Everyone was just like, however you are comfortable, come as you are. But if everyone wanted to be like, hey, you guys, let's take a picture, like a very clear picture, that was fine. But that's kind of what made it so cool. There were no no sneaky photos, no sneaky videos. Everyone just did what they wanted. Then every now and then we'd take some group photos. And then that was good because it was like, you know, announced we're taking a photo. So if you're topless and don't want to be in a photo, then here's your warning. And then half at these, at these um, pool parties was so cool. Like he'll just be hanging out at the bar. You'd come sit down, would remember all of our names, which I never, I couldn't even believe because, you know, there were quite a few of us and um, but he would always remember our names, would be so sweet and kind. And I kind of thought, okay, well, there's going to be like an expiration here. Like I'm not trying to date one of his friends. I'm not trying to be like, one of his girlfriends. I'm definitely ha- definitely not in me to want to be in the magazine or be a playmate. So at some point, I'm just not going to be invited back because there's just like, you know, like, I don't know, there's just no... There's nothing to get out of me. Like, there's just not. But it never ended. Like, it was just, as long as you went up there and you were cool, um, you were cool. And then you just kept getting invited. And I thought that that was just so cool. And he was always so generous. Like, do you need anything? Are you having a good time? I had so many conversations with him over the years. um, And we were just, like, friendly with each other. Always so respectful and so so, so generous. Like, you know, some of us, because I went to college in San Diego, I would say, oh, I don't think I can stay for a family dinner and for movie night. So this is how the day went. You would come up. I kind of, I told you about the morning and then everyone would be by the pool and drinks and food. And then everyone would kind of go chill for a half hour and then meet in the dining room. So you could chill, you could shower again, or you could just whatever decompress. And then everyone would meet in the dining room for full family style dinner and then a movie. Before the movie, Hef would get up in front of the room of his like downstairs movie room. So you walk in the front door, it's directly to the left. And it was this gorgeous big with the red like velour kind of seats. And he would stand up and say if it was a movie that had just come out in theaters, he would say something about the movie or some history, something. And if it was an older film, one of his favorites, he would tell us all about his childhood or why it's his favorite or some sort of memory or some cool fact. And then we would all have popcorn and snacks and watch the movie. And it was all very family style, big couches. You could come and go as you wanted. Super cool. Like they, there was valet always at the top of the mansion just because there wasn't a lot of parking. So you could leave and valet would get your car anytime or you could stay all night. But 
like I said, just the amount of generosity and like big family feel was very cool. Now, I have not watched the documentary and I don't have any intentions of watching the documentary, which is kind of weird because I always like to have all the information. But with this, I don't feel like I need to because I've heard the narrative. I've heard interviews. I've heard what a lot of these girls have said. And I will tell you kind of my firsthand perspective on it. When Holly Madison started going to the Playboy Mansion, I remember picking her up a couple times to go. I'm not sure if she didn't have a car or if her car wasn't working, but I remember on my way up, I would she was living on her friend her friend's couch and I would go and I would pick her up a couple times and then take her up for the Sunday for the Sunday pool party and then she became a girlfriend and she moved in and she lived there and she loved it. And the sad thing for me is from my perspective, she was one of those girls who like really loved him at the time and took care of him and was caring and loving. I didn't get that same impression from Crystal Hefner, the one that ended up marrying him. But I think after kind of leaving him at the altar type thing, I didn't get personally firsthand from just kind of being around all of them. I didn't feel that as much with her, but I did with Holly. But the whole thing for me for all the girls that are kind of talking negatively about him now, let me tell you very clearly, this was an agreement and it was very clearly laid out. Everybody knew what they were getting into and it was just kind of a a deal. As non-conventional as it was, it worked. Everyone, and if it didn't work, you were free to go. So I feel very strongly that these girls have to be doing this for attention now. Maybe they feel regret for their decisions in the past, but to call it a cult or to bash someone that was so generous to them and to everybody that's no longer alive, I feel like is just shitty. Like I don't even know any other way to say it. It's totally, totally shitty. Now there were rules for sure, but it was very clearly laid out. So if you want, so this is exactly how Holly became a girlfriend. You're up there on a Sunday, you express interest like, hey, I think I would like to be a girlfriend. I'd like to move in. He'd say, cool, come out with us a couple times. So they would go to the hottest bars and clubs and dinners as a group. And so they go out as a group and it's kind of like, if it all went well, if you got along with the girls, if it seemed like a connection, then you would become a girlfriend. And so a couple weekends later, it worked. She moved into the mansion and she kind of slowly kind of moved her way to become the main girlfriend. Now, of course, like this is a very tricky situation where a lot of the girls kind of were like sisterhood. Uh, but then I think no matter what, it's tricky uh, being in that type of dynamics such an unconventional thing. but And there were rules. So you had to be home by a certain time. I know for a period of time when you were gone, you just wrote kind of on the whiteboard of your door where you were at. But there was like, you know, a little bit of checking in and out process. But they also had an allowance, a very generous allowance. And then on top of their allowance, they also had, you know, so many perks. Obviously, they have no expenses. Everybody got a car. Um, lots of them got dogs and purses and shoes and bags. And like, I mean, they were very happy and loving the life. And for me at first, I was like, how could this even work? But after I was there, I just kind of realized it works because it's very clear and upfront. This is kind of how the system works. 
are you up for it or not? And so everyone knew going into it. So that's really the problem that I have with the girls coming back and 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 really kind of like running him down now or saying it was a cult. It has to be for attention and to try to be relevant or make money. But I think it is so ugly. I'm telling you, I just, it really sits wrong with me just because I spent so much time there and I feel like I really have a good, you know, perspective. They, Hef was such an old soul. Like he loved his family and his house. He loved lots of people around. Everyone was invited. The playmates, like when they became a playmate, they could invite their family up for the family dinners. Um, The reason that I stopped going to the parties is just because I met Craig, who became my serious boyfriend, and I it wasn't the type of situation where you could get your boyfriend on the guest list. Like I said, the guys that were there were really either friends with Hef or celebrities, actors type thing, lots more girls than guys, and... I emailed up and said, hey, any chance I could bring this really great guy? And she's like, yeah, no. So that's the only reason why I stopped going, just because a lot of the parties are Halloween and New Year's and Valentine's Day, and I wasn't going to go up to the Playboy Mansion without my, you know, love at the time, my boyfriend. So sadly, that's kind of, but it was it was so good, and it was such a cool period of my life. And So many lessons learned, like I talked about, the lessons of accepting people doing things different than you, but not judging them. And also for me, I was really faced with, uh, I think the situation of being, so when you were up there, like on a Sunday, there were lots of older dudes where if you, say you wanted to live in a really nice house, and if you wanted plastic surgery and all these glamorous things, you could absolutely have that. You, but if you wanted to date, um, you know, a guy who was thirty years older than you, type thing, you know, give or take. So it was interesting to see that happen, where I would see girls that would kind of, you know, just be like me, and then you know they would say, actually, you know, I think for me the compromise is worth it. Probably isn't, you know, true love, but based on my situation or my struggles, that's a good deal for me. And But I learned for me that would be completely compromising my morals and my values. But I saw early, you can have everything you want, but you just have to compromise everything that's important to you. So I was kind of faced with that early and it really made me not value monetary stuff or like later when I had, you know, was dating certain people and they kind of tried to be flashy, like, it just really killed that early because I, I saw like, oh my gosh, in a matter of six months, this girl looks completely different. Her life is completely different. But I knew for me that wouldn't equal happiness in the deep ways that I wanted it to. But it was interesting and it was a cool growth moment to kind of be faced with those opportunities and make the choice that was right right for me. And also, I just, there was so much entrepreneurship there and such a feeling of you can do whatever you want to do. And Hef was just so inspiring himself. And of course, everyone up there was just so interesting. Everyone had such a cool story. And because of the exclusiveness, even these huge parties were so exclusive, you would sit down and just have real conversations with people or famous people that you might know or people you would recognize. And everyone just had really cool stories and interesting things. Gosh, what are the other couple guys that were always there? Pauly Shore and Bill Maher, like every time. And But they were awesome, like so cool. 
I remember Bill Maher used to call me Britney, like Britney Spears. Like he would be like, you know, I'd be like, love your show, Bill. And he'd be like, love you, Britney. But you know, just like you would have these interactions with people that you, that you are well known, you wouldn't anywhere else. You know, like if they're at a club, they're kind of roped off. This was just this like cool, open environment. And again, it felt like a celebration of women. It didn't feel sleazy and degrading to women. It felt like women are beautiful and women's bodies are beautiful. And it really felt, it felt like empowering like that. Like it felt like the women kind of had the power and the women were praised. Sometimes he would have cool themed parties. Like I have this picture, I'm going to have to dig it up, where he had a roller skating party around his tennis court. And it was so fun. Like we all got visors and we'd roller skate around. And then he had some cool like themed dessert and treat. And it was always something new and exciting. And he was just about living life and inviting lots of people, family style, to enjoy this. Like he worked really hard to have this great house and have all this money. And he invited everybody to share it with him. And it just felt like such a community. And I was just so grateful. And I, that's what I always told him. I'm like, thank you for still having me. And he would be like, thank you for still coming. And I just think about how many women and girls lives he changed even through being playmates or that led to something else. I have a girlfriend who had this incredible career um, doing doing hosting and interviewing. She's like the girl that is on all the Las Vegas TV screens showing you everywhere to go. And she was on E! News. And like so many girls were able to reach different you know, be able to go into new careers because of the platform that they had and also the community of being a playmate, which was so cool. And I loved it. And I knew that would never be something that I didn't have in me to do, but I loved it for other people. Like it just, it just doesn't, like I said, it just doesn't fit. People are always like, why weren't you a playmate? It's like, it wasn't, it wasn't about that. And it wasn't pressure like that. If you had interest in it, you could certainly say, Hey, I'm interested in this. And they'd say, cool, we'll do a test photo shoot, see how it goes, see if you're comfortable. And then, you know, kind of take the next steps, but you weren't obligated to, you didn't have to, it was cool. Some people really wanted it. Some people like me, you know, was not ever, ever, ever an option, but whatever it was, it was cool. If you were cool and you followed the rules and you were nice to people, it, it just worked. And again, for me, I had not experienced all this. I had barely drank. I would go up and I would order like a Midori sour, which I think is like most people's first drink, like ridiculously sweet. So gross. I could never have that now. But I was just so like, I, I, able, I was able to experience so many things at zero cost, like being a young college girl. And I also learned that like being kind really gets you a long way. Like not everything, not everyone is looking for something in return. Like I just kept feeling like I'm so grateful to be here. Like I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not providing any value here, but sometimes it's not about providing value. Sometimes if you just show up and you're kind and awesome and genuine, that's like enough. And that's how it was at the Playboy Mansion. I can't speak highly enough about Hef. And again, I think it is such a bummer that these girls are, that these girls are doing this. I think it's unnecessary. I think if that's how they feel now, I don't think that's how they feel now. I think they reg- they probably have regret now, maybe. But listen, it's in the past. Hef is not here anymore. I promise you they were very happy 
with their choice at the time because there were so many perks. And again, they knew up front they could leave any time. There was no trickery. And Hef was honestly so genuine and sweet and caring. And he just wanted his, he wanted everyone to have fun and he wanted his legacy to continue on. So it makes me very bummed out that these girls would tarnish that legacy that was so important to him. He would bring out all his scrapbooks and show us all the scrapbooks. He loved scrapbooking. And he would show us all the scrapbooks that he put together from all the years and the different parties and the 70s and the 80s. And he would tell different stories about different people. And it was just so cool. So to know his his memories meant so much to him. But hopefully this documentary will pass and people will see through it like I think they should. And he will be remembered for the cool visionary that he was. And I'm telling you, I can't even say enough what a magical place. Like at the front of the Playboy Mansion, there were these huge um, statues, like huge lion statues and these big steps. And after we would go in the gym, we would run up and down the steps. And it was like right in the Hollywood Hills. And we're like, we are running the, the stairs of the Playboy Mansion right now. And then we'd go up and see the zookeepers and feed the monkeys. It was just so cool. It was such a moment in time and something that really like changed how I thought about things. And especially in my early 20s, not only did I have these conversations and these experiences that I wouldn't have had, but I tried different foods and different drinks and it just helped me to grow up. And it helped me also, I think, in my entrepreneurial journey to talk to so many cool people and realize like, you know, people people achieve greatness that look all different ways and um, anything is possible. And I just loved the family, the family culture and how open people were and how non-judgmental people were. And that's what Hef was about. And that's the environment and the culture that he really promoted. I loved it. I probably would have gone for another couple years for sure if I hadn't have met Craig just because it was it was just you never knew what you were going to get. So we would park at UCLA um in the parking structures because there were so many people and then they would shuttle you up. So even the shuttle rides, you're and everybody shuttled, like everybody. So you're in the shuttles with all these different people and you get out and then the whole Playboy Mansion was decorated. Midsummer Night's Dream was like lights and reds and blues and greens and vines everywhere. And it was always different. Like the themes were always different. It was always different. And so you would get out of the bus and everyone would be like, no way. And you'd mob in and you'd go all these directions. It was just the coolest. The coolest party. Hev was the coolest guy. And I really believe that's how he will be remembered because that's how he should be remembered. I'm grateful for the experience and I think it was just cool. I hope you enjoyed listening to this little story. I love listening to people's stories and, you know, unique experiences. So that's why I share one of mine. If you like this type of thing, I thought it'd be fun to kind of change it up. I mean, listen, I'm not going to tell you what I ate last Tuesday and, you know, what I wanted to be when I grew up, but I'll like any stories that I have that I think are unique and interesting or have a life lesson attached to them. I think I love listening to other people's. So, Maybe we'll do more of that on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com, where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, 
go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.